0: When you told me that releasing this episode could prevent us from getting jobs,
1: I did not know what to think. But that's all it is, right? What good is a job if it's born out of censorship and compliance?
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Seeking Refuge. Today, we will be doing something different. Typically, our episodes are not as direct or confrontational. The issues we talk about revolve around current issues in which the fall of
1: the main oppressor lies outside of our local community. Regarding the humanitarian crisis in Palestine, however, much of the fall is America's, not just the American national government who continues to pour hundreds of millions of dollars into the Israeli defense forces unconditionally, but state governments, local leaders, and universities who may create an environment where pro-Palestinian voices are silenced.
2: This story is not a new one. Universities throughout history have been the center of current dynamic political discourses. Protests and walkouts are often centered around university campuses spearheaded by students, educators, and citizens in the area. Thus, censorship at universities, although common, is most dangerous to the well-being of a truly democratic society. During the
3: Nazi regime, many higher education administrators refused to engage in anti-Nazi protests. During the Civil Rights Movement, many educators would be fired for participating in protests and marches hosted by the NAACP. Such actions
0: are being taken on the campus of the University of South Carolina today in response to the humanitarian crisis and genocide in Palestine. Let's first talk about the one and only statement by the USC administration. The statement was released on October 13th, 2023. It pays deep homage to the painful loss of life Israel had suffered a week prior and provides a statement of solidarity with Israeli and Jewish students. However, keep in mind that immediately after the Hamas attacks, Israel released havoc on the civilians of the Gaza Strip. In the time period from October 7th to October 13th, 1,800 people had died in the Gaza Strip, according to CNN. USC administration released no statement raising awareness of the Palestinian humanitarian crisis or showing solidarity with the many Palestinian students on campus. And now... Three months later, with a death toll of 22,000, a toll nearly 22 times the death toll of the original homeless
2: attacks on Israel, the USC administration continues to say nothing. We have found that USC's statement has been very hurtful and discriminatory towards Palestinian and Muslim student populations at USC. One student notes, I felt personally silenced. When the president emailed the student body at the beginning of the conflict, expressing his support and concern for Israeli and Jewish students and failed to mention the Palestinian Muslim students, especially considering the increase in Islamophobia following recent events. They continued saying that after expressing their concerns, the president responded, saying his statement extended support to all students whose home countries are affected in the conflict. But the statement, again, only specifically mentions Israel and Jewish students. We as a podcast agree the statement alone is not sufficient to support Palestinian and Muslim students.
1: There's also been waves of censorship amongst USC professors when it comes to discussing the humanitarian crisis in Palestine. A previous discussion with a professor at USC proved our suspicions. The professors are either unable to discuss the genocide or intimidated to do so.
0: If professors, the custodians of higher education, cannot even facilitate discussions regarding the humanitarian crisis in Palestine, how are we, as students, supposed to obtain a proper education
2: about the world around us? How can we trust that our society is free and democratic? All of these actions have compounded and resulted in an environment of insecurity and fear for Palestinian, Muslim, and Arab students. We have interviewed a few Palestinian students from the USC organization, Students in Justice for Palestine.
3: The students put up flyers informing the community about the war and a great majority of the flyers were torn down. When the organization tabled on Green Street to educate their peers about the issue, multiple people came up to their table to argue, shout, and even scare many of the volunteers without resolution. During the club's bake sale for the Palestinian Children's Relief Fund, a few students yelled slurs, including the comment, I didn't know terrorists like cupcakes. One troubling instance included a professor from the School of Pharmacy who spent an hour telling the volunteers at the table hurtful things, including how the Palestinian people had no right to live on Israeli land, and the spilling of Palestinian blood was justified as retaliation.
1: an interview, we continued, noting that when we were protesting on college campuses, the same professor came and became physically aggressive with the person chanting to the point where police had to get involved to separate him from the crowd.
2: The increase in violence across the nation against students who have shown their solidarity with Palestine has also been a factor of fear for the Palestinian, Muslim, and Arab students on campus. Another interviewee expresses, overall, my peers and I have felt a lack of support from our university and have become more fearful for our safety as the events over the past few months have escalated, including the recent attack on university students who were wearing Palestinian kafiyas.
0: We hope this episode sparks further discussion amongst our listeners about the role of universities in the Palestinian humanitarian crisis. If society wishes to avoid the repetition of history, truth must flourish in all areas of society, never to be silenced by the darkness of censorship, bureaucracy, and fear.